topic today is margin. Hi, it's TJ Loeffler coming to you from New York City. And first, just want to say thank you so much for joining and listening. If you're new, I hope you get nothing but value. And I hope that you'll share it with a friend who might benefit from this. Because I think to the extent that you learn something for yourself, it's meant to be shared with others. It's the whole purpose of this podcast is that I can share things that I've learned with other people. There's no strings attached to it. It's literally just free content that is offered to the world. And I'm hoping that the perspective that I've gained over the last 29 years of my life and in the last three to five years in particular is meant to actually help other people improve their quality of life. So with that said, I think to the extent that you get something from this episode, uh, that information is meant to be put into application. So just as you think about it, especially if this is your first time listening, just think about one thing that you can pull from this episode and any other thing that you're listening to from me, whether it's a post on Facebook, on Instagram, or this episode right here. Just think about one thing that you could use and apply to your life right now. And that could look a number of different ways. Again, it could look like a conversation. It could look like putting something in your calendar. It could look like uh, putting a note in your phone or even taking action immediately and sending a message to somebody or um, finding a different way to go about your day and putting putting work away. And that, I think, segues nice into the topic that we have here today, and that is margin. So I was just, I was speaking, I want to give some context also just to let you know you can do this. I was speaking with somebody who just finished my boot camp online and she said she was listening to my podcast. And so I asked her, I said, you know, what would you like to, what would you like to hear? And she said, you know, I think it would be interesting to talk about space. And as soon as she said it, just a light bulb went off in my brain because um, not only had that really had an effect on her life during the six weeks she was going through the boot camp and the the transformation that she was able to see because of really this new perspective about how to get space and what space can offer in your life or synonymous with space is margin. But also it resonated and the light bulb went off because I had seen just how much, as soon as she said it, I'd seen just how much that that single idea had changed my life forever. That single idea had changed my life forever. About three to five years ago, three to five years ago, I was I was burned out. And I think a lot of people might resonate with this. And this is what we'll start off talking about is signs of burnout and, and what you guys might um, be experiencing if you are burned out or on the verge of burnout. New York Times has a great article, How to Recognize Burnout Before You're Burned Out. And it really hit home with me, but I really didn't know this existed. Um, I had heard people talk about it in the past, but I, to be honest, was too proud. I was thinking, always thinking that, you know, because of my unhealthy drive, uh, my unhealthy levels of ambition, there's nothing wrong with ambition, but anything in excess or in the wrong way, there's good things that become like ambition, good things in excess or in the wrong way become bad things. Okay. So I had a good thing, ambition, but it was in excess. And so it became a bad thing. And I'm going to have a whole nother episode on motivation and just how we can understand what is a healthy level of motivation, also a healthy source, two different things. At that time in my life, I didn't recognize that my ambition, when I was working on Wall Street, I didn't recognize my ambition was really unhealthy. Um, and as a result of having that unhealthy ambition or drive, I was trying to do so much. I was trying to do everything 
And when I say everything, I mean, I was trying to not just do work well, do relationships well, uh, do service or make an impact in the world well. I was trying to do peace and do happy. I was trying to find the only things that we really are looking for in life. And, and you can't do happy. You can't schedule happiness. You can't do happy. What I learned in the last six months in particular, as this, this idea has really taken root, you have to be happy. And you can't be happy unless you learn how to be still. But many of us, because we don't know how to be still, and we don't know how to create margin in our life, are experiencing or have experienced or are, are on the verge of experiencing burnout. And I want to give you just an idea as we talk about this first part of this episode, what it might look like to have burnout. And really, a different way of saying the same thing is what a lack of margin in your life can cause. For many of us, we have really accepted overextension as a way of life. Would you agree? Especially if you live in New York City. I think everybody can understand that because always being on is like a badge of honor here. And to not be on is like you're fighting the wolves. To have personal space and margin in your life is like so countercultural here. And I, I think it exists more than places like New York City. In fact, I know it does. So I know more people can resonate with this, but I use that as the example for the context of this conversation. So what I think is really important about understanding, first of all, know that burnout exists and it's a real thing. Know that you're not biologically meant to live in a high stress mode all the time. And know that it's very easy to get lost in the idea that being productive and always on the go is the best thing you can do. Common things that might show up as a stressor, common things that might show up as catalysts for burnout, We'll talk about in the work context because I think most people can re can relate with that. Unrealistic deadlines, overcoming challenges associated with new working relationships, new atmospheres, bureaucracy, unpredictable schedules, physical demands. By the way, sitting at your desk for 12 hours a day, 16 hours a day, that's a physical demand. They say sitting is the new smoking. It's a physical demand. Added, added responsibility beyond your job description. And I call that overcapacity. Interactions with difficult people. All of these things can be catalysts for being burned out. What I think is more important to understand are the things that are within your control, because most of those things I just mentioned are not in your control, are they? 
And for a long time, I would have said, man, yeah, that's right. I got to do this. And that's my job, that and that person there. And the first thing to understand is that you have full control over yourself. You have full control over your schedule. And that's the truth. I mean, if you didn't show up to work today, would they fire you? I don't know. Most likely not. If you're in good standing, if you do if you do well at work, you have good relationships, you are in full control of your schedule. And to the extent that you're not owning your schedule and protecting it first, rather than taking time for yourself, making time for yourself, to the extent that you're not making time for yourself and making that a priority first thing, listen to episode on priorities, most listened to episode yet, by the way, to the extent that you are not making yourself a priority is to the extent that you're going to find yourself susceptible, more susceptible to all the things I just mentioned. Because there are some things that are just outside of your control. You can't control difficult people. Sometimes you can't control a deadline at work. But if you are regularly controlling how you take care of yourself, and I'm going to give you a framework for that in this next part of the episode. If you're regularly controlling how you take care of yourself and you do that first, you're going to set yourself up for success so you're not going to be on the road to burnout. This is really important, and I didn't know this, but again, New York Times article gives us some signs for burnout. And when I read it, mind you, I read this like years after I had gone through this, so it was an aha moment that was kind of in the rearview mirror. It's like, man, this would have been nice to know. Feeling emotionally drained and mentally unwell. Nausea. Being unable to sleep. Constantly fighting sicknesses like head colds. Your body will tell you when you're not doing well. But most of us aren't slowing down to recognize our own body telling us we're not doing well. Other signs. Feeling alienated by friends, family, colleagues, feeling constantly underappreciated, feeling attacked. These are signs of emotional, poor emotional health, poor mental health, feeling that you're not personally achieving your best, feeling like you're just going through your day-to-day, going through the motions with no motivation or drive boredom. There's a lot of things that we could take away from this, right? There's a lot of things that we might have experienced at different times in our life. And I think there are seasons, there are seasons where we're going to go under more stress, but we should not be living with that stress for extended periods of time, right? We should not be living that stress for extended periods of time. The idea of work-life balance is like a total misnomer because Balance implies equal weighting, and I don't know anybody that has an equal weighting of work-life balance regularly. Work-life are kind of one of the... Your brain doesn't know the difference between personal and professional, by the way. You know, you carry yourself to work and you carry yourself at home, and your brain just knows those as different environments. But like, you still carry yourself, your thoughts, your emotions, your actions, you still carry you. And the, the thing that we need to focus on is how we manage ourselves better. Not how we find more balance, it's how we manage ourselves, how we manage our work and our life better. 
So instead of work-life balance, I want us to start thinking about it as work-life management. And this is about managing your margin. So some of us might not, we might not be managing our margin well. And so I want to give you a framework now that you have an understanding of the potential implications. Maybe you're going through this right now. Now, I want to give you a framework to, to understand how you can manage your margin well, because uh, for me, this has been something that helped me to give myself some structure and strategy for being still. Now, it sounds crazy, but I needed that structure and strategy for being still. Now, if being still and having unstructured time in your life sounds uncomfortable to you, the first thing I'd ask you, by the way, is when was the last time you had margin quiet time uninterrupted? I'm not talking on the subway. I'm not talking in the car. I'm talking uninterrupted quiet time. When was the last time that you had that peace of mind? Door closed, lights off, nothing planned, not in a hurry to go to bed, not in a hurry to get out the door in the morning, just space for yourself. There was a study done, and this was just so I have my reference correct, but there was a study done in Science Magazine back in 2014. They they published the results of this, and I thought it was interesting. They said that people would rather be shocked with electricity than spend time alone. They went into the study thinking that people wouldn't have a hard time entertaining themselves, that people would enjoy that space, that opportunity to think, because our mind is built to engage. Our mind is built to have all these memories. Our mind is, we're built to daydream and to be spontaneous. But the scientists, the researchers, were so surprised and, and disheartened, as I was, to read this, that people seem to be so uncomfortable. They'd rather be shocked or stimulated than sit with themselves. So I want to just put you at ease with that, with that because first thing is, you're not alone if that's you. Second thing is, it might give a pretty good perspective to understand what you need to do. When we resist something we know is good for us, we know there's a reason for that resistance. And so in doing it, we know that in taking action, we should be able to, so long as we push through, so long as we follow through with that action and stay, and stay with it, in taking action will be a benefit. Because the odds are if we're resisting, that means that there might be something we need to confront. I've given this example, and it just makes a lot of sense to people, but imagine you're, and, and I think any one of us are students, right? at one point in time in our lives, imagine we're resisting the idea of sitting down and writing that term paper. Well, to graduate, you needed to finish that term paper. And to the extent that you were resisting, 
that term paper or resisting sitting down to write it was to the extent that you were not going to graduate. So all of a sudden, a deadline approaches. You embrace the fact that you actually have to sit down and write it. You complete it. And what happens? A sense of accomplishment. Now, maybe it was a little painstaking to go through the process. Maybe it was a little painstaking to sit there and actually have to just think for a second. But after you get through it, you think to yourself, that wasn't so bad. You turn it in. I'm glad that's over. I feel better. And I think the same will be true if you just keep that in mind, right? If you keep that end in mind, that sense of accomplishment, that sense of, and what you'll get at the end of time margin, right? Time with yourself, sense of peace, clarity, and true joy. If you keep that in mind, then whatever it is that you're going to confront during that time, during that opportunity to just be with yourself for a second, you're going to have so much uh, more desire to actually get through it. You're going to have so much more desire to, to sit down and just actually make time for yourself. And to the extent that something that is a pursuit becomes a preference, something that is originally a pursuit, okay, I have to do this, I'm going to comply, to the extent that that pursuit becomes a preference, ooh, it's not I have to do this, I want to do this. I want to get up in the morning. I want to spend time alone by myself because I know how good it feels afterwards. I want to get up and go to the gym because I have done it enough times to know how good it feels after I'm done. I seek that sense of accomplishment. To the extent that you cultivate that craving by actually committing to the process of creating margin in your life, you're going to see an amazing improvement from the quality of your life today to the quality of your life in the future. You are going to see a tremendous improvement, the same kind of improvement that I have experienced over the last three to five years of my life and the same kind of improvement I've experienced through being able to take better control of my mindset and emotions and as a result, my actions. So I just want to encourage you guys. Now, the framework I'm going to give you for this is very simple and I use it with, with my clients because it's, it's frankly because it's what I've used. And that is, you first need to understand that there's a spiritual component of what you can control. There's a mental component, an emotional component, and a physical component. So earlier I had mentioned, well, we can't control all these external factors that might be catalysts for burnout. What we can control is ourselves. And so what I want you to understand is that you can control how much time you give to your spiritual health, your mental health, your emotional health, and your physical health. You can control what type of margin you're creating in your life in those four different areas. And it's important to understand that you have these four different areas because many of us are living with blind spots. We're all living with blind spots, frankly, because the truth is what we don't know is greater than what we know. So my hope is that for some of you who are listening, a light bulb just went off and said, wait a second, I didn't even know that I had Think about your cell phone. You have that battery bar. I didn't even know I have a, a battery bar for my spiritual health. I didn't even know I have a battery bar for my mental health. I didn't even know that I could cultivate or recharge my emotional health because I've just been focused on my physical health or the lack thereof. Well, guess what? Physical health is a manifestation of your emotional, mental, and spiritual health. 
And there are exceptions to this. There are exceptions. There are, there are plenty of people who are physically, visibly healthy, but are just not healthy mentally or emotionally. And you can, you can always tell, again, by the source of motivation and the level of that motivation, which, again, I'll have to give a whole other episode on. But, again, the idea of separating these buckets is going to be so important so you're just aware of where you need to spend your time when you do spend time. And when I say where, I don't mean physically, although that can be an important part, but I mean in your attention, in your energy. Now, a very simple thing you can do and start with, and this is going to be just the practicals, okay? So a very simple thing you can do is a practice of gratitude. So I want you to use your calendar, and I want you to use the power of that calendar, and I want you to schedule, if you need to, I want you to schedule just 15 minutes earlier in your day. If you wake up at 6.30, wake up at 6.15. If you can, wake up at 6. I just want you to start your day in a fresh new way. It's the simplest thing you can do. Move your alarm clock ahead. Go to bed a little earlier. In 15 minutes, 30 minutes, you might not even have to go to bed a little earlier to actually get up at that that time. What I want you to do is just keep in mind that this needs to be the first thing to cultivate in your day. And that is you, your health, the things you can control. When you wake up, I want you to practice gratitude. I want you to practice just cultivating attention and energy towards the things that you are truly grateful for. And when I say that, I mean, create space to be still, to be still enough that you can feel the blood pumping through your fingertips. To give attention to the fact that your heart is beating, that you're breathing. As humans, we have very practical basic needs. When those needs are not met, We start to act out of character. To the extent that all of us have needs, which we do, and most of us have some needs that aren't met, which we do, it's the extent that we might act out of character. We might do things that we wouldn't normally do. Somebody who's hungry is going to do whatever it takes to get food. Somebody who's starving cannot be blamed for begging for food. They have a basic need that has not been met. But to the extent that you can give attention to the things that you have, not the things that you need, is the extent that you'll be able to find more opportunity in your day. It's to the extent that you're going to be able to experience your life in a fresh new way. And I want you to do that at the start of your day. I want you to start your day by thinking about the things that you have, not the things that you need. I want you to think about the things that are that are with you, inside of you, not the things that you haven't accomplished or you need to do. I want you to think about the opportunity that you have to be still, to be yourself in that moment. There's no other opinion in that room. There is no other voice. There is no other thought. It is just you. 
you have no performance to live up to. And that is a beautiful thing. To the extent that you can bring your attention to that by being still, you will get to experience the benefits that margin can create in your life. Benefits like being happy, being at peace, being more thoughtful, being yourself, being confident, being quiet. There's benefits in all a number of ways when you can start your day with just a little bit more space. And for many of us, especially when we feel overwhelmed and there's big decisions on the horizon, the first thing that I ask is, well, how's your health? How's your rest? How's your diet? How's your physical body feeling? Because how are you supposed to make a sound decision without a sound body, without a sound mind, without a soul at rest? Now, some of the other things that you can start to incorporate for those of you who maybe are already practicing gratitude, some of the other things that you can incorporate, mindfulness is a tremendous practice. And mindfulness, studies show that you need at least seven days of commitment towards mindfulness to actually start to see some of the benefits. But it's a very simple practice of, again, being still and being mindful of something specific. So you can be mindful of breathing, or you can be mindful of not paying attention to the thoughts that come through your head and not judging them. You can be mindful of the posture that you're sitting in. You can be mindful of the room you're in, or there's a number of ways that this can look. Other things that you can do in that quiet time to cultivate, again, we're talking spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. Other things you can do I practice prayer. Prayer means agreement. And so I practice agreement with what my creator thinks about me, what my creator has to say about my life and the people in my life. I practice agreement with what my good heavenly father has to say for me that day because I know that there are things that can be adjusted, improved, or that, frankly, I can just be grateful for at having the opportunity to have in my life at that given time. So prayer is another element that you can practice in this time where you have margin. The most important thing that you can take away from this episode today is that you cannot take margin from your schedule. You have to make margin in your schedule. You have to make it. I want you to think about this like a business. Businesses that run zero or negative margin cannot last. When I'm talking about zero or negative margin, I'm talking about the money that they make from selling their product or services. So they sell it, they sell a pencil for a dollar, if they're making one cent off of every pencil, which means they buy the pencil for 99 cents, they sell it for a dollar, and they make one cent in return, well, they got to sell a lot of pencils to actually end up with money to invest in their future, to stay open. Many of us 
are running break-even businesses, break-even lives, or worse. You cannot run a break-even life sustainably. So think about how you can make more margin for your life. Guys, I hope that that is going to empower somebody. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Uh, You can find me on my website as well, tjloeffler.com, T-J-L-O-E-F-F-L-E-R.com. I'm going to be in D.C. this weekend for my next live seminar. There's a handful of seats left. I decided to do this seminar for free. It's going to be, I shortened it, but we're going to do the, we're going to do the event for free. So please message me if you grab a ticket. There's only a few days left. It's Saturday, May 19th at 10.30 a.m. in Chinatown. This is going to be my ninth seminar and I'm going to be back home in New York for the 10th, which we'll do some big event for um, in June. But if you're in D.C. area, Maryland, Northern Virginia, I would love to see you guys there. Please message me and um, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Day.